Hey there, you're welcome to Founders Connect, a show where I have conversations with amazing entrepreneurs and operators in Africa. This is the right show for you to be listening to if you love behind the scenes stories about people, their careers, and not your businesses. My name is Pissy Timmy, and I'm very, very, very delighted to be your host. You can follow this conversation on social media, hashtag Founders Connect. You can watch the video of each episode on my YouTube channel at PCTME or just search for Founders Connect on YouTube to find the playlist. Also, please share this podcast, subscribe to the podcast, leave a comment, leave a rating, and you know, share it, hashtag Founders Connect. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, so I was thinking this morning that one of my favorite things on Finals Connect now is that I have the opportunity to actually have a sit down with people that I really admire. I'm just like, oh my God, is this my life now? Anyway, on today's episode, we're going to be having a conversation and interview with famous E. I'm just going to learn all about his journey from Andela to Flutterry to Future Africa and all the many, many companies that he's a board of director or non executive director at. So, hey guys, this is E. Hi. Hi, thank you very much. It's good to have much. you here. Thank you very much for having me here. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah. Also. So, um, E, first question, right? Beyond entrepreneurship and venture capital, mm-hmm. who are you? Like, what three phrases most accurately describes who you are? Huh, that's a great question. Um, before entrepreneurship, beyond entrepreneurship and venture capital, I think of myself as um, a change maker. <laughs> <laughs> Right, somebody who really loves to inspire change. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an optimist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I really do believe in um, in seeing and working towards um, a better future mm-hmm. for myself and for my country. Um, you know, and then I would say I'm I'm a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he's really a change like maker, yeah. an optimist, and a Christian. Yeah. I wish I could squeeze Nigerian in there somewhere. I don't know. Okay, add it. Can I? Can add I? It. Okay, I'll just put it on, on top. Yeah. <laughs> and in Nigeria. Yeah, in Nigeria. Okay. Yeah. Also, uh, what was growing up like for you? Well, that's a great question. Um, I grew up in, in Lagos. I was born in Lagos, actually, in Yaba. Um, and I grew up um, in, in the Yaba community area. When I was growing up, my father um, had just finished his MBA. University of Lagos and he was um, looking for, he was trying to get a job um, and so it was a somewhat tumultuous childhood not not too bad but you know I had to go stay with my grandmother my mom's mother um, you know and I remember very fondly we used to hawk wara <laughs> in Ayeto so is <laughs> it very fondly yeah it's very it's very fun and then and then I and then when my father um got a job first at now and then shell um came back to lagos um and then we you know we started um you know just mid, mid typical middle class upbringing in the 90s um i went to primary school at um, st Saviour's ibutemeta not ikoyo <laughs> i like to stress so like it. a yabba uh, like this um, son of the soil you know <laughs> so i went to school in ibutemeta and then um and then my, when I was in primary four, uh, my parents had to move to Worry. So I spent a bit of my childhood in Worry, okay. where my father was, um, was working um, community relations for Shell, um, trying to manage hostage taking and stuff like that. Um, so I grew up a little bit in Worry. And then um, I also went to boarding school, Loyola Jersey College um, in Abuja. 
still the best <laughs> secondary school. I mean, we'll let you I'm, say I'm sorry, that. Yeah, we'll let you. <laughs> it's not about letting me. It's just the record. The record speaks for itself. I mean, I'll just say. I mean, so I went to I went to boarding school. Made a lot of great friends um, till this day at Loyola, um, and the education was excellent. Um, Jesuit education, full of values and and so on. Um, and um, and yeah, so that was that was really my path, um, kind of all, all the way up to that point. Um, I think for me, I always had a strange kind of ambition um, growing up, um, and I think I've talked about it before because I wasn't one of those kids who were like, oh, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. So <laughs> from day one, I just thought, no, I wasn't, I wasn't that guy. I, I kind of oscillated a little bit. I was good at a lot of things or whatever I wanted to be good at. So that made my life very difficult because you know, they were like, do science, do arts, do this. So, you know, when I was, when I was growing um, as a child, you know, I'd, I started out seeing my father, um, he was a cab driver, so he would, I would follow him, I'd be in the front seat. Then people were nicer about that. <laughs> <laughs> They're like today's school, but as I always like, ah, if you leave your child in your front seat, you but don't worry. But yeah, people were much nicer. So then I would sit with him in the front and he would pick people off and drop people off and do cabo cabo. My mother used to sell fish, so I also watched her do some entrepreneurship. Um, and, and, you know, education was one of those things where we did it to survive. Mm. So I never really thought about it as a career path because I was like, business people are poor. So I thought, you know, I would go and be an engineer, you know, I, I, I mean, I'll be a doctor or something like that, right? Um, until I, um, until I, I, um, I got into secondary school mm. and then SS1 where you have to pick your subjects. Um, I was now like, okay, um, this science thing, let me, try. my parents really, really wanted me to study science. I was like, uh, let me give it a try. And bro, chemistry <laughs> and physics. Nothing for you. Nothing for me there. So I just gently, I remember my mother flew all the way to Abuja. I was like, how did you change your subject without telling us? I said, see, ma, 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 sorry. sorry. Yeah, it's, it's literature and, and English. That's, for that's, me, that's my team. <laughs> and government, that's how, I, that's how I like it. So I, I switched over um, there. Um, when I also went to Waterloo, um, I studied, um, at the end of the day, I went yeah. to the University of Waterloo. I spent a year in Ibadan, which was very formative for me, because I learned, I had to fend for myself in the outside world. <laughs> so I spent some of my time at GUI, spent some of my time at a school called Leeds, Leeds City something, but it was just like one of these A-level schools. Yeah. And then we left for Canada in January of... Um, when you say we, your whole family? No, no, just myself and my brother. Okay. Actually, you know the funny story about that? Um, and this was, this, honestly, this is one of the things that defined my, uh, my time in Canada. Mm. My father was only going to send my brother because my brother studied science. Because it was like, it's a waste of money. You can go and study the way. <laughs> What's my business? <laughs> I'm going to finish, I'll be a lawyer. How much I did pay a lawyer? I beg. So, so my father was just like, you know, I don't want the money. But being a Nigerian parent, he couldn't resist a good deal. They told him, if you send two people, we'll give you 25% off. Uh, and he sort of did the, the math and he was like, mm, ah, it's just, it's 25% off. It's not, it's something. It's something. <laughs> so he said, okay, look, if I'm only paying half school fees for this one, let me follow okay. his brother. <laughs> Let him follow his brother so that it's not be like as if I was wicked. So, but I always imagined that one day 
my father would just call me and be like, oh yeah, <laughs> don't waste my money, just call, start coming. So, you know what I did? The first semester at, in Canada, I went to this prep school called Columbia International College. First semester, I took 10 courses. 10? Yeah, I was like, I must enter this university <laughs> with scholarship. By fire, by, by, force. Fire, by force. So, because you're supposed to be there for one year before you go to university. I got there in January. His solution was I'll stay till the next January. I was worried my father would pull the ah. plug in September. So, because my jam was out, you know, I was ready to go to university. So I just said, look, oh, these 10 courses, I'll take all of them. And I got into school in September. Amazing scholarship. I know, I didn't get, I didn't get <laughs> a full scholarship. I got a partial scholarship. Um, and then what I, I went to Waterloo. And one of the good things about Waterloo is Waterloo, has this thing they call cooperative education. Mm. So you work like um, out of, you have to have two and a half years of work, paid work experience right. to graduate. So I worked, I actually went to New York and worked for my school fees. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't come easy. <laughs> I had to work for it. Amazing. So, I mean, after doing legal studies, yeah. right, how yeah. did you now find tech? Because that's an interesting story. So I have, I have a very close friend. His name is Pierre. So we, the way we met, very randomly was like I walked into the first day of school, everybody's happy, blah, blah, blah. You know, I couldn't afford to live on campus, it was too expensive, yeah. so I lived a little bit off campus. So, you know, I'm just like with all the other people for orientation. And this guy who has long hair walks up to me and he's like, Hey, my name is Pierre. I'm like, Yeah, my name is E. He's like, Yeah, you know, my accommodation in, in campus is not ready. Can I stay at yours tonight? I say, eh? <laughs> <laughs> These are these three. <laughs> just be towards straight down. They asking for a place like... to stay. But I, mean, I was just like, what's the worst that can happen? I need friends. So, okay, come, come, come inside the house. But we became friends from that, right? Mm -hmm. Very close friends. So what happened was, you know, because of co-op, I lost touch. Because he, right. yeah, he, went, he went off to co-op in Silicon Valley. I, stayed, I went to the UN okay. for my... Um, a UN NGO for my first That's in New York. from New York so uh, we lost touch so I was running the school newspaper and then I was just coming out of my there's something called the den so it's just like an office in the basement of the student life center right. so just coming up I went to get my pizza and my coke like I always do and I just saw see this Pierre guy just there and he's like coding on his computer I said ah Oh guys, no be you with this <laughs> say ah e, what's up I say ah Jay, what are you up to it's like, ah, I went to work for this guy called Joe Lonsdale. He's a member of the PayPal Mafia. I say, oh yeah, I want to hear this one. <laughs> what was the full story? He was telling me, and you know, to be honest, like he romanticized a lot of things that now I'm like, hey, how do you <laughs> think I that knew. these are good ideas? <laughs> like I used to sleep under the desk. It's like, yeah, under the desk. You know, San Francisco is a beautiful city, blah, blah, blah. Working for Peter Thiel, you know. So, I mean, I just got roped into this thing and he just mm -hmm. kept pulling me, pulling me. Now, what happened on campus at the time was two, two things happened that were very defining for that era. This was 2010. The social network just came out mm -hmm. in, in November. So me and him went to watch it. At the same time, there was this wave of entrepreneurship from Y Combinator that had just right. started, right? So quite a number of founders were starting to get real attention. And so the school, because our school has a big, I don't know whether it's Juju, <laughs> but the most famous founders from Waterloo are all dropouts. So okay. I'm sure you know, the most famous Waterloo founder is a guy called Mike Lazaridis, mm. who 
who basically built the Blackberry. The guy never finished school. <laughs> so the school being very smart now said, hmm, if we allow this thing to come, we know we'll get students too. So, okay, what we'll do is we'll create a lab for you people, a residence. So they created a new residence. As usual, I don't have money to enter their <laughs> residence. So I just stayed my internship. But Pierre was living in that residence right. with a lot of very interesting people. Vitalik, founder of Ethereum. Um, a guy called Ted Livingstone was found of Cake. Um, so those, just like some, um, there's, a, there's another Eric Mikoski who founded Pebble. So like, really to be honest, guys. like this was like the, you know, a lot of these guys today, I'm just like, ah, they're all billionaires. I'm like, ah, we're together. We used to come and, we used to chop pizza. <laughs> like you don't have money. Like we don't have money, you know, we used to be together. So, you know, anyway, so, the, so that was kind of the circle that yeah. the school kind of got us together. So I, I went with Pierre to found a, a startup. Called Booknado.com. Oh, okay. So that was how we started our first company. Um, I got the seed capital from um, God bless you, so the former Olo of Wari gave me money. Like, you know, I just go and visit your palace and just uh, take money. So I took the money. Instead of me to money use like the money to spend on Betati, I say in a startup, I will carry this money <laughs> go to. Father was just looking at me. He said, School fees should be made. You want use this to do startup. But Shasha, I shall collect small money out of it, use it to do my startup. The startup did not work. <laughs> so, <laughs> How long did you guys spend on it for you? That three one? years. Three years. Three years. But it was easy because we were in school. Mm. We were in school. But you know one thing about the thing. The reason why I knew I, I love startups was the day I got involved in that startup, I stopped going to classes. <laughs> spent all my time. So the school now ended up expanding because what happened was. The first one was a residence, so it was easy for the school to just justify mm. that. Like, hey, it's a residence. They are going to pay now. What's yeah. your problem? But you know what happened? One of the companies called Cake at the time, which was backed by Fred Wilson, became super big. Wow. Um, and the guy had to sell secondary to get an investor involved. Mm. So he made like maybe two or three million dollars, and he was like, let me take one million dollars. I've never seen something like this. It can only happen in Oyibo land. <laughs> He took one million dollars of his money and gave the school and said they should use it to set up Velocity. Wow. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's literally how the school funded, like started to fund yeah. it. Then after that, it started getting grants from the government. And it's amazing. It started, yeah. So, but the guys, without the guys, one million, none of us <laughs> would be here. So, so you know, so what ended up, what what ended up happening with um, um, with 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 the thing was we were in school. We were actually in a work environment working. Mm. Um, I worked with a, a lot of amazing guys. So Pierre was my co-founder, um, and um, I worked with a guy called Jairaj Seti, who's currently the CTO of Substack. Um, then a lot of very talented guys, Neil. Um, you know, worked with Arjun, all sorts of guys. You know, so but we were too many co-founders. We were eight co-founders. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, inexperienced <laughs> now. Thought it, thought it was cats. They're dealing with eight. Eight. We had a lot of wala. We're all immature. And to be honest, the products we were building did not really make sense. Because, <laughs> so we, we started out trying to build this, um, you know, we used to use Blackboard in those days. It's like a software for like your class management. Right. It's like your LMS. We didn't like it. Understandably, so the, the software was ugly. So we don't say, ah, we have to replace so, this, yeah. this thing. But the idea of course was that like that software is like half a, half a million dollars. Mm. And schools do tender to like give the software to people. 
how would they give a tender to people that are still in school? You know, we sure didn't think it through like that, like that. So obviously, the first iteration failed. Then as sharp guys, we now thought, oh, ah, you know, this one did not work. So let's try something else. We started downloading past question papers because then we used to have Chinese Students Association. Chinese Students Association has all the past questions every year for <laughs> all time. <laughs> because you know those ones like to study. So we we got their past, I won't say how, well, we got <laughs> their past questions and then uploaded it and started charging people to access it. We made money. That one we made small money from that. But very quickly. So you see the problem with Waterloo is Waterloo is like a research school. Mm. Since we don't really excel with like academics and all that. So there's no teaching like that. Right. So most of the professors are there because of research, because Waterloo has this policy where you keep your own IP. Mm. So the problem that Waterloo had was that the professors had was like they don't really pay attention to teachers, so they don't set questions. They just bring their old questions just... and use it again. So this giving it was okay for them when it was just Chinese, because it's like whatever, you know. But when it was like the old school and people are paying for this, they're like, wait, first of all, this um, um, past question is my IP. Mm. You are using it against my permission. You are now making money on top of it. Are you crazy? So they threatened to sue us. Wow. And they were about to expel me. So I had to use sense. I went and get. <laughs> I said, yeah, before I find, I said, this person that waited on the wait, say, we had the call house. <laughs> so I just, I just, you know. I just said, look, I wouldn't do it again. I went to meet the professors and the guy begged his colleagues, but he now told me that, ah, look, I've helped you. What are you going to do to help me? And so I was like, okay, like, this thing I've built, is it useful to you in any way? That maybe you, you can be selling it. Me, I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just, just be collecting my, my coins. The guy said, uh, okay, that he has a better idea. That his courses, uh, because a lot of the professors are very entrepreneurial, right? right? So just to give you a sense, right? The, the, the most popular Waterloo prof is a guy called David Cheriton. Mm. David Cheriton was the first investor in Google. So like, th those are the kind of people. So they're very yeah. entrepreneurial. So they're like, look, I have, course, I have to teach this course. I teach this course in this school, but I want to teach this course outside the school. Right. So can you, and there's no LMS, then we didn't have a Udemy or anything like that. So it's, can you help me oh. build websites for that? So that was what we started doing. And eventually we sold it to this guy. Oh, okay. Uh, to this professor, Andrew guy. So, so we sold the company to him. We didn't make any money. We just paid but back our investors. <laughs> and we, they we didn't expel you. I just came back to Nigeria straight. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't move, I, didn't, I just collected my food, my, my, uh, my paper. I'm safe. I'm safe. So I came, I came, so that was, that was really kind of how I got, um, that was the story of how I, I got actually into got into tech. I mean, so when you came back into Nigeria, what point then did for us start? So that's a that. good question. So when I was coming back to Nigeria, I had ideas because I was yeah. like, okay, well, look, I, I had two options. I could stay in Canada and get a job right. or I could come back to Nigeria. But you know, Canada doesn't really allow you to do this whole, you are waiting. So you have to, <laughs> you have to just get the job and come. To be honest, and to be honest, man, Canada was too cold and depressing <laughs> for me. I was just like, this place. Oh, uh, it's like, not for man, me. This is not good for my mental health. <laughs> so I was just like, I was like, look, I'm coming to, I'm coming, I'm either going to America or I'm going to the house. I, I couldn't find a job in America, and I couldn't, I actually also couldn't find a job in Canada. So the only right. option I had was to come back home. So when I, I, obviously, as I was coming back home, I looked at it and I said, look, this home where I'm going, there's no money there. 
So let me look for money here as I'm coming back <laughs> so that I can be coming back with money. So what I did was um, Nad, um, Nad, was, Nad was my co-founder of Fora, yeah. Ian and all those guys. So we built something where, we, I mean, the big idea with Fora was if you went to Covenant and your brother was going to Babcock, Covenant has a professor in AI and mm. robotics. Babcock has a professor in psychology. Okay. So Babcock doesn't offer, because they don't have a professor in AI and robotics, they don't offer AI and robotics classes. And you, because you, Covenant doesn't have um, psychology. Um, a psychology prof. So you would be able to watch, um, Covenant, Babcock students will be able to watch psychology, but get a Babcock credit. Do you understand? And then Covenant students will be able to watch AI and robotics, but get a Covenant credit. That was the idea. So when I came back, I landed in Abuja, big mistake. <laughs> and I went to um, NUC. Mm. to get permission because they told me that, ah, that I need to get permission from NUC mm. to be able to do that kind of credits exchange so I went and I was just I went there every day one Abdurrahman man I just went there <laughs> every day I would go there and sit down one day I say you see me you say wait outside wait outside and I did this every day for like four or five weeks damn Hoping to see this guy, he'll prove. One day he just saw, he just said, Look, I'm tired of you saying, I'm like, Come and see me. He says, See, this thing that you want to do, I don't agree. That's it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so, with the waiting remain, I just carried my bag and started going back to worry. Because where was I going? I didn't have anywhere to go now. So, I went to worry. So my parents are now like, ah, Well, this startup thing where you want to, it did not work. Kuku come and do NLNG interview. <laughs> or oh, shell interview so that we can use the, the remaining thing that we have left goodwill we can use it to find you work so but me i wasn't cut out for this oil and gas wahala so i didn't even i missed the interview <laughs> my father was very angry after a while they finished doing deliverance for me i just said that god said i should come to lagos god said that's, a, that's the only way you can get your way in Nigerian families. I said, God said I should be on my way to you. I said, where will you, where will you stay? I said, God will provide. And now use my remaining 40k where I remain as seed. But that one worked. That one worked. I, <laughs> okay. I used that seed, put it on the altar, and then begged my mother to put me in Greener Line to Lagos. When I got to Lagos, I started staying with one of my uncles. Um, so I stayed there until... I found um, once I got so what happened was we were raising money for Fora. We now we, we tweaked right. the idea for Fora. So from that whole thing that NUC cancelled, we now started. Okay, what else can we do? Who already has a finished online mm. education program? Well, we target a different demographic. So we now started targeting um, um, you know um, MBAs and like people who wanted to do MBAs online. Um, and what we used to do was, we used to sell University of Liverpool, Walden University right. MBAs. So we'll come, we'll help you do your application, we'll help you do all the paperwork and everything. We'll even help you get a loan. At one time, we used to help you get a loan from the bank or something yeah. to be able to afford it. And then you pay off your salary every month. Okay. That, that wasn't too bad. You need to make 20% here and there, you know. It was, but it was hustle work, so it didn't really yeah. make sense. But we did it, um, and that was what Fora was. And then we used to sell courses. So we had a list of online courses from other universities that wanted to sell them. So we'd sell those courses to corporates and 
and a bunch of other people. So we just hustling, just trying to make ends meet. So, but we weren't balanced. Then what happened was we now said, okay, let's go and try and raise money again. Right. So I reached out to like a Canadian VC that I knew from before. The guy was like, sounds like an interesting idea. We'll give you, I think, 50k or whatever. So we took the money. And um, he was down like, okay, but as part of that 50K, you have to come to New York mm. for like a program or whatever. So we, I brought my whole team. I didn't see my team in over two years. And I was here. So that was how we went to, um, I went to um, New York. I got to see them. I was very happy. The, we won the competition, like in okay. terms of like the pitch. Everybody was like, it's a great idea. You know, people can go to school while working, you know, and you don't, you don't have to take the course, you're just getting marketing and yeah. commission. Okay, let's, let's do it, let's make it work. So, but when I was coming to Nigeria, one of the people that an older gentleman called Lee Rubinstein connected me to was um, um, Jeremy Johnson. So, then eh, what I used to do was, I, when I was in school, I will take, it was $100, um, Greyhound bus, 12 hours to go from Toronto to New York. And I used to do that thing like as if it was like water. <laughs> like the ghosting bottle. Sometimes I'll do it empty and empty pocket, no money. <laughs> I'll just enter bus. You're just going to New York. I'm going to New York. So, because all the, like the closest startup hub to me was in New York. Right. So I had to, you know, San Francisco was another six hours and $400. So I, <laughs> Too far. I have to think that one because that one is like going home. Yeah, ticket. Should I be going home or should I be going to San Francisco? So when I when I was introduced to him, I saw his profile. I was like, this guy is like is basically like me in the future, right? Mm. So I just started badgering the guy. Then he agreed. I was like, yeah, come come to my office, um, 9 a.m. Are you around? Me, I did Toronto. I said yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm even inside. <laughs> I mean, but I, I borrowed hundred dollars for my friend. Enter boss overnight that morning. Yeah, by it deliver. It leaves at twelve midnight. By eight a.m. Like by ten a.m. It's there. I booked the meeting. You know, right then. So I just went to his office straight. Brought coffee for him. We had a good discussion. <laughs> so we started making friends. So I've been trying to get back in touch with him because I figured that because you know his business at the time. He he actually. Um, before we worked together, he ran a business called To You. To you yeah. And To You basically did online courses. So my thought process was, ah, this is right up his yeah. alley. So he, so he, will, he, could, he could mentor me and he could also invest. That's really what I was after. The money. The money. So, so I emailed him when I was in New York, emailed him, emailed him. He didn't respond. And to be fair, I didn't know that it was his birthday and he just IPO'd his company. I didn't know. So he wasn't supposed to respond. So I just kept emailing him. I extended my trip after Nadaya and Ian went back to Canada and said, look, let me try and look for money here. Yeah. And there's no point of me coming to New York. I will now leave empty handed. <laughs> it's not easy right. to get tickets to come to New York. So let me just keep emailing him. Literally the day before I was like, ah, well, I guess this guy doesn't have my time. Yeah. Let me be going back to Lagos. The guy literally just emails and he's like, can we meet this evening at Fresh and Cool? Oh boy. God has done it. I was like, <laughs> Jehovah, now you. So I just dropped everything I was doing, went, and that was when we now had a proper discussion. So yeah. we're now talking about, well, obviously it was like catch up, like what happened. I told it, ah, my country's 
regulator saying no show for that thing. You know. So I had to do another kidney. It's right up your alley. Let's do it. He now broke it down for me that look, Oga, this business cannot scale. Mm. <laughs> because the truth of the matter is these are all the costs. This is what you have to do. Many, like we have more students than we have money. Right. So we're not going to pay you much. And that any program that pays is suspect. Mm. You guess. Like, <laughs> they might not really be doing what yeah. they, they're doing. And students will not want to pay over time. Shall broke it down for me. So I now, I now said, okay, fine. So like, okay, you, what's, what else now? What else can I be? He was now telling me that, ah, he went to Kenya. In Kenya, he saw, um, he was thinking about a new model that right. what he realizes is that Africans probably can't afford a highly priced MBA, mm. but they have the grit to work. And that if there's a way to, instead of taking an, a credential route, take a skills-based route where they mm. can actually earn money off the skills, it will make more sense. And I was like, Olowon ah, Soro, <laughs> do you want to try this thing? <laughs> In Nigeria, it's like, eh, I'll try it. But I'm busy now, can't you see? I just IPO'd my company, so... I mean, she got I can't, rest I can't be trying random stuff. <laughs> you know what? If you go and do it, I'll be chairman. You'll be CEO, I'll back you. So I was like, eh. It's, of it course. works. <laughs> it works. So that's how I just jumped on. I just I went. I called my team. I told him, just give me twelve hours. I'll call my team. I called my team. Now it was like, look, okay, I've done this stuff for years. So <laughs> Whatever works. Anything that works, anything you say will go down. But the, and it also makes sense. Like, yeah. okay, we can try this. Like, we'll teach them. At first, we thought Salesforce was what mm. we'll teach them because he was saying, you know, Salesforce, and it's still the case today. It's very funny. He can't get a Salesforce administrator in New York for $150,000. There's just not enough people that wow. do that, that kind of work. So I was like, ah, yes, $150,000 now. We go train for Nigeria. We we'll get shaved. So, <laughs> get shaved. We get shaved. So, no problem. Let's that do this. That worry right. tongue game yeah. was very strong. <laughs> so, I, I, just, I just said, okay, let's try it. So, that's what we now did. But we, we ended up, when we, did another iteration of the idea where like okay coding is where the money is at right. and that's how we now got to Andela um, from Fora so but the, one of the most consequential decisions I had to make was Andela was really a new company if you think about it that yeah. way and Fora was something separate but I didn't have the courage to go to my investors and be like okay the company where we start together we don't, don't. we don't finish we, now everybody they go out so I just said, I just used wisdom. So I just called them and said, look, I'm partnering with an IPO entrepreneur. <laughs> Catch light. <laughs> IPO. It's not, not it's rubbish. Know. IPO entrepreneur. So, you know, let's do normal. I'll give you the, I would do it like an acquisition. Right. Do you understand? But not really, because they, they are not really acquiring for us assets. They would just we would all just come together. So I carried my investors from oh, Fora to Andela and then gave them an opportunity to double down at $5 million valuation. So that was actually, you know, that one thing is the reason why most investors, there are some investors, thankfully for me, that they will say, E, what are you doing? I say, ah, I'm making food. Let's fund. <laughs> <laughs> so... Because they're like, so, ah. So the trick is to just have you on the team one kind Yeah, of yeah. Just, just ah. be like, ah, let's fund it. We're making food. It's food. <laughs> yeah, it's food. Let's just, let's just fund it. It's okay. Let, don't ask questions. Don't. 
I saw me and my I'm not afraid. But I'm like, ah, what if Before. the food is not sweet? <laughs> So that so that was that's that's basically how I built that kind of trust in my investors. It was big. I mean, a lot of entrepreneurs would have just said the business where you fund no work, yeah. and that's part of the game. But I just felt like it wasn't fair because these guys believed in me. Mm -hmm. Now we're on the verge of a break, so I just carried them wholesale into the into the new the venture. new venture, and that's how Andela and Andela. You know, I did that one with energy because, <laughs> in fact. At the beginning, I even used some of my own money. Because, I mean, at first, I didn't fully believe the model. I just did it because Jeremy was so saying it was a good Jeremy. idea. Do you understand what I'm saying? I was like, the guy is a billionaire. It, it, can't, it, it be, can't be wrong. It can't be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Billionaires are not wrong. It cannot be wrong. So, it was my own. So, I mean, it was not after, you know, I now, I now started doing it. We started to see where oh, the state of be. technology, technical education was. I mean, people were earning... Great engineers, any 150k. Yeah. People saying, I mean, I remember we used to be and Nad did the interviews, right? Um, so we came to Lagos. Did uh, he came to Lagos? I was already in Lagos, so we did the interviews. And we we'll ask people, oh, "What's your dream salary?" They say 150k, like dollars. <laughs> no, no 150,000 naira. And just seeing what has happened since that time, it's and now, crazy. It's just like, now, wow. People, people are earning 10k USD. You understand what I'm like, saying? That is like, just starting. I just starting. Yeah. So That's I was just crazy. crazy. I mean, at that time, I remember interviewing this guy who was an actual engineer. He built, like, you know, all these scratch cards we use for EKDC, yeah. and uh, the guy built it. And the guy was like, I was like, what's your dream salary? The guy was like, well, right now I'm earning about 100. If I can get to 250, I'm good. I'm like, now nah, what? Wow. So Nad, by the way, Nad used to work for like an engineering consulting company. Yeah. So he, for him, it was just strange. He was like, like, <laughs> do, do you like, know are you what you equity? have? Like, are you getting equity in this business? Are you working for a job? I don't understand how the Crazy. team is doing you. But he didn't. We just didn't understand. But it was after we started training people. At first, it was very hard. I mean, it was very very hard. I can imagine. We moved offices six times in the first year, and it was like rough living. You know what he's what he's doing rough living. First of all, me and Nad used to live in Barika, and we were four: me, Nad, Kenel Deze, and Van Collin. We all used to live in one three-bedroom in, in Akoka, and like that Barika Akoka yeah. area. Then from there, every morning we didn't have car, so every morning we would go to. Paco bus stop, pick bus, go to Yaba Market. From Yaba Market, carry Obalinde. From Obalinde, <laughs> the we whole go, tree. We carry uh, uh, um, this thing, uh, Okada, uh, Keke, to get to Golden Gates. They will now go to. We had this really nice woman, um, um, Adeoye, Mrs. Adeoye, mm. gave us her BQ to be using. That was our trip every day. So it was very tough. Then, after a while, obviously now, she got tenants, so she kicked us out. <laughs> so we now went to, first of all, we even got scammed. So one guy told us that he's the owner of the property. We paid partial payment, thankfully. We now got there with all our loads. The guy was not like, ah, the, the, the caretaker was not like, he's not the owner of the property, he's just a tenant and he's owing us three years rent. <laughs> Use your money to Jesus pay rent. No, he, you know, I wish he did. Do you know what he did? He used our money to do wedding. <laughs> Shall guy. So, uh, that was the first bind I got in Lagos. So, I now went, I, I, I we had to use uh, Larry Oye father's office in Fadei. 
for a while. Then I squatted at CC Hub for a while. You know. So you even hustled the hustle. We the hustle where we hustle, eh? <laughs> no before, yeah. Like the hustle was was streets. And then we would do flyers. You know all these digital marketing people are doing now? I don't look at people that ah, people are nice. It's nice though. Oh, that is cool. Because back in the day, we used to do handbill. You know evangelism? <laughs> you print and you be print sharing. You print and be sharing. Hey, come to training. Come to training. That's what we used to do. And then we used to, you go to churches, you go to mosques. I learned, like that's the kind of marketing I used to do. Just churches, mosques, handbill evangelism that's mm. the that's that's that how is. we used to do it so and that's how we grew the program and then the program started growing jeremy uh, and christina came to see the first class i mean jeremy was so moved because i mean seeing people go from mm. like somebody was earning 40k a month somebody was earning nothing you know, and then see them get like skills and they're actually getting jobs for like 2k 3k i mean it was like ah come on there's something, <laughs> There's something here, here. Um, and I knew that we wouldn't be able to build the business without capital. So mm -hmm. I just told Jeremy, Oga, the level where I carry this thing go, good like that. But now you go come finish work. <laughs> <laughs> it's more than cut soup. Just, just, just yes. bath. Don't even cut soup. <laughs> so that was how we now. Um, so that was how uh, Jeremy came on as CEO, and we, we worked together. Delivered what everybody now knows as Angela. Amazing. So when Jeremy came as CEO, what, what was your position then? I was co-founder and director of recruitment. So what I was right. really good at was getting the young people so interested coming. in the program and doing the evangelism and all that. So that was really what uh, that was really what, what I now focused on. Yeah. Crazy story. Yeah. So so you did Angela for two years. I, I decided did two two and a half years. Yeah. Started 20, 2014 and I left twenty sixteen mm. um, May. Right. So why, how did you know that it was time to leave? Why did you leave? Because like, so, this was something that you've hustled from uh, Fora, yeah. your boss from Canada to New York. You had found something that had gotten attention yeah. and money. Yeah, and so like, why, why okay. leave? And so really what it boiled down to was two things. One was the, the company grew very fast. Mm -hmm. And because it grew very fast, there were things we didn't really understand about running a company. Because right. we never run a company at that scale before. And that's one of the reasons why I tell founders that Success is actually much better to learn from than failure. Mm. Like I'd never worked at a successful startup or maybe I'd done like internships really, but I've never really, really worked at a successful startup. I'd never really, you know, seen what it looked like to run like right. a proper startup. So all these management processes, but you know they do all those things. Just just <laughs> enter vibes. streets and just vibes, you know, just so that was that was the mindset I had, and I realized that, like, as the company was growing, it wasn't working. Mm -hmm. It was working for some things, but it wasn't working for other th other things. And so um, I felt like I should go to business school. That was actually what okay. I was trying to do. So when I was, um, I applied to business school. I actually got into two, but I mean, my money wasn't really going to be the problem. I, I was, mean, I could have, I sold, <laughs> I could have sold some, some Andela stock to get money. So that was not really my issue, but. I think what happened was at the, around the same time I met um, Yenga, yeah, I met GB. So um, Yenga and Liki, I met them, you know, and you know, the problem they were solving was very, very important, which was payment. And I'd, I'd seen the practical effect mm. even within the firm where we couldn't take on Nigerian clients because there was no way for them to pay us. Right. So we, so that was why I then decided that look, 
instead of it was a last minute decision mm-hmm. i literally applied for yc and then i just like i applied for yc and it's like if they take these guys i'll just go to, i'll just go and do photo with oh okay so that that was it for you that was it for me and i went to i went to some other thing for them like i i did some other like accelerator thing um to learn about payments but that mm-hmm. was mostly for me um but but i was just like look if if these guys get accepted i'll just go to i had a choice yc or business, business school. school so i had to use my head <laughs> so you had to use your head money <laughs> <laughs> very much honestly so that's why i went to so I, so I ended up going to to sticking with the team and then I became a founding CEO because I had a bit more. I mean, that's the experience. funny thing about learning, right? Yeah. Like I had a bit more experience than they did about startups, so I was able to like help them build to a certain level, and then hand off. <laughs> I mean, so my question is, um, what were the things that you learned during the time at Andela or Fora, just yeah. all through Fora, that you then so. took into Flutterwave as a founding CEO? Yeah. So I think the biggest lesson I learned at Andela is that mission is very powerful. Everybody underestimates the importance of like having a company mission that defines your like your your why. Mm. Why are people there? Why what why is it important for them to do their work? But it's like it just it just focuses you in a way that nothing else can. And Andela was world class at like defining mission for people. Mm. Like you worked there, you knew why what you were doing was important, and you took it with all the seriousness you could, right? Um, I think that was one of the things that we took into Flutterwave that made it extremely successful was that we were such a mission-driven organization um, that it was very easy for, for us to figure out what the priorities, priorities were. So, so that was the biggest lesson. There were other lessons, so one is, you know, naturally to do these things you need funding, understanding how to, again, leveraging the mission, right. put your business in the context of the way Americans, particularly because that's where you're pitching, think about business was extremely important. Um, learning how to use um, co-signs, like you know, endorsements and all that appropriately. Um, also understanding how to get the right kind of talent mm. that can push um, um, a startup past early stage to growth stage and move quickly. So those, I learned a lot of that at, um, at Andela. Amazing. What, what would you say was the... So p- people say that no matter how many times you build this business or startup, everyone mm. is different and they will all yeah, come with yeah, their own challenges. They are all different. So <laughs> what, what was like the challenges that you met at Flutter? Like, oh my God, Andela didn't prepare me for this. Oh, ah, yes. no, there were plenty. There were plenty. I mean, the, the biggest one was, you know, at Andela, you only have to worry about yourself the the engineers you didn't really need to deal with the customers but once in a while i was curious so i would get involved but you didn't have to deal with regulator governments <laughs> bank ceos and all that you didn't have to deal with that so but in in my in in flutterwave that was my full-time job mm-hmm. like going to abuja educating people about what was going on all that stuff you know it was that was my full-time job so doing that work was the most difficult part of of building it like the software part was okay you know you build what you can build 
um, getting customers was fairly fine, but keeping in mind our strategy, we needed yeah. banks to be on site with us. So educating bank CEOs, like for the first time, my job was educating people who should know about something but didn't. <laughs> but didn't. And you can't tell them that they're stupid for not knowing. So you learn a lot about diplomacy, mm. tact, um, building personal relationships, you know, and all that, bringing people with you, yeah. consensus building, win-win scenarios, and doing things that are not in your job description. <laughs> so <laughs> that was like, I don't think Andela, Andela prepared me for what it meant to do business. Because I feel like mm. Andela was not really about doing business in Nigeria. It was, you were doing business in New York, right. yeah, working with Nigerians, so that's very different. In Flutterwave, you had to do business with Nigerians. <laughs> and trust me, that's do. a skill set that it should be a degree <laughs> in school. They shouldn't. So Flutterwave became your business school? No, I, that was my real business school. I learned how to do business in Nigeria. And I made a lot of very good friends. I mean, a lot of the friends I made at Flutterwave are still from the regulator to big bank CEOs to. Oh, they're still my people till today. <laughs> Amazing. So you left Andela because you felt, you know what, I need to go learn something. I need yeah. to go into business yeah. school. Why did you leave Flutterwave? Well, Flutterwave was a, was a mix of things. So I think the first thing was, um, I was, I was to, to, be, to be very uh, blunt, GB was, it's GB's company. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> I felt like I came in to help when, Push yeah, that. to get them off the ground because I knew stuff they didn't know, right? And they would need time to be able to get to get to know. So, for me, I never thought about it as like is he is his company. I mean, I was right. a big shareholder and all that. But for me, it was always like, look, Oga, when you are ready, you come and collect your team. Mm. Do you understand what I'm saying? So that was number one. Um, number two was was you know I just started a family, right. and knowing how much work went. I mean, I was on flight every single week. Imagine. Right, so, and I'm not talking short flight, not Ghana, or San Francisco. <laughs> In fact, there was a time when I would do, I I would leave town on Sunday, Sunday night. The airport hostesses they just knew me. They're like, ah, <laughs> yeah, welcome, customer, yeah, yeah, again. So I, I get, I leave town on Sunday, get to San Francisco, mon like Tuesday morning, mm. drive straight to Y Combinator do my this thing come back for thursday so i could make friday meeting no hotel just the plane was my back was my to hotel back. back to back i used to do that that's how i used to do yc uh, this thing so i mean it was just a lot of stress i had a family i wanted me my own was like look what's the point of all this work if you're not spending time with you, your, your, your child so i was like look i will do paternity leave one year and the company was growing very fast. Mm. So I had a decision to make, which was, look, you guys are growing fast. You're, you're ready. Mm. You know? <laughs> Come and take your team. Let me go and sit down with my family. So that was really why it was time for me to leave. Amazing. So Flutterwave is a unicorn now. Mm -hmm. And Andela is expanding to Africa every day. There's just a news that Andela has done this, Andela has yeah. done this. But aside these two like yeah. biggest wins that we see from the outside, now, what would you say it makes you the most proud about these two companies that you've helped build? I think it's what the people that we, the teams have gone on to, to build or make possible. Mm. Right? So there's, 
there's always three questions I ask myself whenever I'm building something, right? First question is like, does this thing matter to me? Because there's just many things that don't matter. <laughs> that don't matter to me. Um, some people, I mean, when I started my career, it was really about building for money and all that. But like, you know, once I did Andela and saw how powerful mission mm. could be, I just, it wasn't a factor. Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, and actually, to be, to be honest, even though I joke about it, the real reason why I went to Floridaway was because I remember going to this payments event where everybody was complaining about how payments were stifling the ecosystem. And I was like, man, if everybody has this type of problem, then it's there the most be, important yeah. problem to solve, right? And then as I was, we were solving the problem, we started to see all the opportunities that had been left on the table for mm -hmm. Africans, you know, and economic opportunity that Africans could not access because they didn't have this type of access, right? Um, and so we were determined to help solve that problem, connect Africans to the global economy. So for me, you know, once I came to understand mission, but what happened was that the things that we made possible because of our strong mission focus, like it's just crazy, yeah. right? Like whether it's the explosion of remote work or it's all these fintech, you know, things. So for me, yeah. it's like the companies themselves are just vehicles, right? Like yeah. I, I, would, I would be completely happy making nothing from them. But the things that they've, um, the that they've gone on to, to make possible, yeah. right? Um, you know, the ripple effects that came from the companies are actually what me I'm proud of. And that's like, that's amazing. That's like, that's the dream, right? Yeah. To not just build something that makes you money and solves a problem, but opens up opportunities for other, other people, people to, to be able to, to build. Uh, that's amazing. So when you left, after your one year paternity leave, yeah. you started Future Africa. Yeah, yeah. So what, was it a <laughs> logical decision? Like no, I resisted it. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a decision I resisted a lot because I didn't want to build another company. My, my, me, I just like ah, the one we are done. Okay, let cheese. me go. But a number of things actually happened to me. So first of all, um, you know, I was enjoying taking care of my child, all that. But I still get kept getting calls from Nigeria, right? Like, you know, so I tried to be helpful. Um, second thing was my goal. Actually, I moved to Silicon Valley. Actually, I I was I was planning to settle there. Two big things changed my mind. First was the reception in Silicon Valley. You know, not that one expects to be treated like a star, mm. but one expects to be treated with respect. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? And I felt like when I was in Silicon Valley, people were very happy to have a conversation about me, helping them find deal flow from Africa, which I was very perfectly happy to do. They were happy to have a conversation about me being an EIR, which wasn't quite my thing. Mm -hmm. I wanted to invest. That was right. why I was coming. Just you know, I was allowed to invest. But people were not willing to have a conversation about me investing in Africa from Silicon Valley, which, okay. makes, which makes sense, right? Because you are, in Af yeah, you are investing in Africa. Go where you are investing. Mm. Don't come Don't to Silicon here. Valley. Although I felt like it was a bit hypocritical because many of them are doing, are doing that. <laughs> But, but it was what it was, right? And I took the message for what it was. The second thing was, I had two racist incidents. So mm -hmm. the first one was, you know, I'd sold some stock in Andela, and naturally, you know, the money entered my bank account. And literally, and this was like, because I had purposefully gotten that stock out because my child was coming, so I wanted to right. be able to. Do you know I couldn't access that money? So I was stuck. Because they didn't believe that, that a black man could have from Nigeria could have this, this much yeah. money. And second thing, I was driving back home with my wife. We were coming from Woodside, which we went to see one more 
<laughs> you know, not Nigeria, just like one of my, you know, Silicon yeah. Valley people. So it's a nice area at Tinwood side in Port. So you know, it's like uh, you're not supposed to be here, kind of thing. So we're driving back home, you know, and police stopped us. Oh boy, that's the longest uh, five minutes I've ever had in my life because oh my this gosh. guy was ready. <laughs> So me, I just, as a Niger boy, you know, I'm used to, our police here trained us well. So I just <laughs> so kept quiet. Well. <laughs> I just kept quiet. I didn't say anything. My wife handled the conversation. I mean, I couldn't even say it. Even as they were insulted, I just kept quiet. I mean, yeah, just just maintain. Maybe just maintain. So I think after that, those two incidents, then as if it was a message from God, Trump now put out this his mm. edict that, you know, Nigerians... Um, Nigerians can't be permanent residents in the U.S. Ah, so I just told my wife, see, it's not in my hand. <laughs> it's uh, Trump. Trump, and I don't want to break any law. <laughs> so, Ileya, um, Mabinu. As I reached Niger, COVID happened. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't like I was trying. You had to be stuck here. I just got stuck here. So as I was stuck here, you know, me and Binjo and Adenike were running one small racket, like... I, what I was just looking for was, I felt like a lot of the press coverage was too, it was too hype-focused and not mm. enough deep conversations were happening. So me and Adenike will write some stuff and Binjo will write some stuff and put it out, all that stuff. So we're doing that. But we now did a survey. And my team, you know, I have, I have like a, a, a yeah. family office, right? My team was doing that. And we now put out a survey, like, what do people really, really want from this platform that we're building, Future Africa? What do you guys want? Boy, the response was overwhelmingly. We are looking for capital. <laughs> All this mean, grammar, way they speak. Now you know. It's money. <laughs> you say you want build future, Abi. No, now money they build future. <laughs> so just you know, show 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 us money now. Yeah. You have it. You know. So <laughs> so I now started thinking, okay, how are we gonna do this thing now? So I didn't care. Was um, particularly instrumental because what she did was I had relationships in angel list mm. and um they were very like like he would like you to raise like some money on our platform blah 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 i didn't really take it seriously but after a while what we just started to do was because i talked to a lot of companies i hosted dinners um for yc intending companies right. i'd helped companies be recommended i spent a lot of i mean when people came to the valley they would try and stop by my house there are many <laughs> founders who know my house very well in the valley you know, and they're like, ah, he is here. So yeah. some people even slept at my house or slept at my friend's house. So when when so I, I used those relationships with Angel List to then start doing syndicates. So right. I would write an email about a company, send it out to a bunch of Silicon Valley guys who were like, I want to invest in Africa, you know, but we can't have you be investing in Africa from here. Right. Um, so so I just wrote emails to them. I was like, look, oh, this is a great this company. A great com I did like what they really liked about it was like it was investment memo style, which is how investors really invest. So they loved it because it meant that they, they could just copy and paste. <laughs> so I was just doing their work for them for free. So they so so that was how we started. The main thing started to grow. Then I started charging people. So I was like, because. Ah, my baby food in Nigeria is expensive. <laughs> I'm serious, especially you lucky people. It's robbery. You lucky people. I'm serious. I, it's robbery. Robbery. So I, <laughs> I said, look, oh, you give me something so that at least I can put body and soul together. <laughs> the carry is long term. This one this is one today. Is Make, uh -huh. <laughs> so that's how I started. So we charge $1,000 a year. P people were subscribing. 
So we started from zero to five to three, now we're at 300, we're going to 1,000. So that's, that's basically the business model. We just, we write detailed investment memos. We, um, and then we, we um, send them out to our mailing list. Yeah. And then we, um, we basically um, um, invite investors to invest via angel list. Um, although now the operation has become very sophisticated, but that's how we started. So that was how I fell into future. It was not, <laughs> it was just... I was fighting, my, my father calls it my Jonah moment. Yeah, I was fighting, <laughs> fighting coming back to this. I wanted to just retire, let him do the carry I've worked enough. I've worked enough. I checked your LinkedIn the other day and yeah. you are like, board of so many companies, not executive director of so many. Like, <laughs> how? No, no. So the, the, I think where I'm at now, because I'm in Nigeria and because I've now got in my head right in terms of, you know, quite frankly, where God wants me to be mm. is like, there's a huge transformational shift happening in the country, right? And everyone's trying to figure it out. Mm. And very few of us have lived in the future that people are trying to get to. Mm. So kind of a lot of my roles on these boards is like bringing that perspective of like, right. look, first of all, talent has shifted from under your, your thing. You can't, it's not just about making money anymore. Talent is looking for missionary businesses to work with. You have to think about yourself as infrastructure. A lot of these companies that I'm on the board of, they're like legacy companies like mm. Learn Africa. You know, they're thinking about the future and they're like, what is our role when all these kids are raising billions? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and like this we go day, you know? So I'm like, ah, no, no, you're still useful. Just do like this, you know? And then, and then also, you know, the young startups as well. And then gaps in the market. I think that's the biggest thing for me. Mm. A lot of what I've now gotten involved in is like, filling gaps in the market, the things that nobody else would dare to try. Yeah. Because nobody, everybody, if I fail tomorrow now, you no go really do me <laughs> like that. You understand what I'm saying? So, it's small school then Freud on Twitter, that's it. But my money is still there. <laughs> <It laughs> You're settled for life. I, it's come, so, I can take some risks that younger founders can't. And, yeah. and I can take them with younger founders and teach them in mm. too. So, that's kind of what I spend a lot of my time. I'm trying to do beyond Future Africa, which yeah. is its own big vision itself. Right? Yeah, I noticed on Future Africa, you have like lots of partners across like different um, fields, design yeah. partner, group yeah. partner. Yeah. How did you end up picking this team? And most of them are young people. Yeah, yeah. Like your yeah age not, no, no, yeah. no. Um, I mean, for me, I don't really, I'm very, I'm, and it, sometimes it hurts me, but I'm very irreverent of experience. Mm. Partly because I've seen the, 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 the good side of experience is that you see a scenario and you know how to deal with that specific scenario. But oftentimes, I feel like when you're building something new, you need people who just have the, be, a beginner's mind mm -hmm. so that they can think with you about what is yeah. possible. Then you can now layer experience on it. I think I'm moderating a bit. Like sometimes if you're building very fast, experience yeah, actually helps. Um, so you kind of combine the two in a, in a way, but you need a certain kind of experienced person who can see a good idea and still be open to it, not somebody mm. that is a dogma yeah. person. And what we're trying to build in Future Africa has never been tried before on, two on three levels. First of all, we're trying to build an asset management company mm. that is a VC fund, right. not a VC fund that raises money from an asset management company. Right. So it's a big difference because an asset management company engages with the public, right? Engages with accredited investors in the public. 
So what typically the way your VCs get their money is they go to an asset manager or a pension fund or a charity who get their money from the public, right. then they now collect Invest. money from them. I'm like those people don't exist in Nigeria. So I'm mm -hmm. building from the ground up. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's number one. Number two, we're trying to build a firm that is very strong on supporting founders. Right. Particularly between zero to $100 million. Okay. So that means you're spending a lot more time than your typical VC. We don't just write a check and disappear. Mm. We're actually trying to like, we do hiring for you. We help you with your marketing plan. We help you with, you know. So that's, that's another big thing. The third thing is you're trying to do is from Africa. <laughs> you're not doing and that's it. unique challenges. You're completely, uh, in fact, you're building infrastructure that other VCs in other markets have had for 80, 90 years mm. from scratch. So when you combine those three things together, you can't go and, like nobody has a template for how this yeah. thing needs to work. As you grow, there will be some areas where you can now bring in the expertise and say, ah, oh, we know this, this is how this thing works. So yeah, come, you know how to do it. Come and do it. But early on, you really just want people who hear something and they're not like, oh God, they know they do I'm like this for a year. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? You just want people that are just like, eh, they don't even know better. Yeah. But so that's how it happens. So they're just like, eh, try. let's try now. Yeah. So that's, that, that's really why it's a very young team. Amazing. Your, your experience is amazing. Like, um, I mean, I'm in awe, normally, as just a fan, but now I'm like, oh my God, there's so much backstory. Like, it makes one appreciate the journey um, a lot more. Yeah. Um, so, Nano, what would you say is, like, the biggest lesson you've learned in the last 30 years-ish? 30 right? years. Yeah. 30 years. No, no, that's a good one. I think my biggest lesson is the biggest challenges are actually opportunities. Mm. Like, the moment you put on those glasses where you see a problem and you're like, ah, money day. Yo. The world just looks very different. And oftentimes, I mean, I, I, I can understand that people look at that and they're like, this guy, like, you're not normal. <laughs> you understand? But I feel like it's, it's the better way to get through the world, right? Especially if you live in a country like Nigeria where everywhere you turn, there are challenges. You look at it, you're like, okay, yeah, okay, I get it. There's no water, you know, in my house, but, huh? come why is there no water i want to know what's going on yeah then okay why okay okay what would it look like for us to do x right or what would it look like for us to do y and then all of a sudden before you know it you've created an opportunity you know like i, I always wondering because recently i moved to i i have a house i have a, a small thing here I'm like, why don't you people in Lekki have water? I don't ask. <laughs> something people have to answer me. I don't. Because in Yaba, we always have water. I'm looking for the answer. Because in Yaba, we always have water. And I'm like, you, all of you are moving to Lekki and Lekki no get water. I think, is there something? Anyway, I hope somebody can solve that challenge because water on demand. That's it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So I'm just going to ask like final questions. Yeah. Right now in tech ecosystem, everybody wants to jack bar. What it's a phase. Thoughts? It's a phase now. Me too. I don't jackpot. <laughs> so everybody go jackpot. Everybody go jugo do. It's okay. It's good. The the thing is, you know, I think the thing with the jackpot thing there, my mindset is this, right? I think it's good. Go and get the experience. But I think what you ultimately realize is at the end of the day, this place is the only place where you can make any kind of impact. <laughs> For that side, they don't lock up. Mm. 
Like no roads. <laughs> no road for nobody. So go there. It's always good to go there. See, because they have best practices. You can yeah. see what's possible. I would never... If I write every week now, I think I'm writing like three jackpot letters. <laughs> so if you have jackpot letters, you want me to write. Bring. Just bring it. I'll write them. No so, <laughs> you know, anybody can jackpot, but it's not about the jackpot. It's like... Okay, when you now gain all the knowledge and everything, where can you actually get something done? Mm. Because there, they don't expect people that look like us to do more than normal businesses. Mm. You can't you can't go and be building flutter waves in America. Mm. Hold your hands. <laughs> <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? We have Visa and Mastercard. Why are you, <laughs> who is your father? Do you understand what I'm saying? So yeah. at the end of the day, you know, I've done the jackpot thing, I've come back and I've just realized that look, at the end of the day, if you're looking for greatness can't get it better than here. Hmm. Food for thought, guys. Food for thought. <laughs> What's that question that you thought I was going to ask you or you wanted me to ask you that I didn't ask? Ah, that's, a, that's an interesting question. That's a, I wasn't... I, I don't know that I have... I don't know. I don't have any, any question like that. You asked all the good questions. I like it. <laughs> yes, yes. Amazing. And yeah. so what, what's your final word? I mean... Um, Andela did an amazing thing for the tech ecosystem. Flutterwave is doing amazing for the tech ecosystem, the financial ecosystem. Um, what Future Africa is doing is also amazing. I'm one of the people that get your emails. Ah, like, I thank yes. you, customer. <laughs> See, when, you're when feeding saw, my baby. Shout, I, I will tell more of me to come and... To come, that one k eh? That's so what I was like... Ah, ah. What? But it's, it's not a good investment. But it is, yeah. it is. Um, but we're, we're going to come out with some really cool stuff because, like, one of the things that we're even trying to do. So people think that we we say one k and like five k minimum because we want to be wicked. But like, honestly, <laughs> I don't even mind people like getting together and like and contributing it. and doing it. It's just that if I charge you less than that, is to be honest, wickedness. Because <laughs> how you be investing? I have to force you to use your do, money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the money pay me small, but I'm like, yeah, yeah, you have to use I your mean, money. I'm you. Up from here. Uh, so. No, no, but see the mass I do, right? It's 20 emails minimum, and it's now going to be more. Mm. But it's 20 emails minimum a year. That's $50 per email. See? Okay, See, I mean, think I'm, think I'm when, like when that. you think about it like that, like fifty dollars per one day flow, like for okay. one year, and you and you see the information you get. Yeah, and you, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not bad. It's not bad. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it costs small, but it, you know, I was going to say that the money should pay me, shall, but we did. No, I very uh, soon now we'll add small chops. We'll add small chops. <laughs> now that, uh, now that, uh, yeah, now, now that <laughs> COVID is, is small, small, it's going small, small. We'll go push small chops for inside. We'll pull all that things for inside. Don't worry. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was lovely speaking with you and just learning about your journey so far. I'm very inspired. And I'm sure that everybody has watched this video. This is probably the longest video we've had so far, but I'm sure that it's like, People are going to learn and talk so much about it. So thank you for honoring me. And oh, just no. like thank you for inviting. You know, see, I, I told you that I'm coming. I want mentorship. No, they want this video me. business. No, I don't know why. I don't know. Yeah, I want to go and think about startup idea. Come and add your board so that I will get. No, you know that one is automatic. That one is automatic. You just tell me which one it is, but. But in exchange, me self, I won't learn this video, <laughs> this thing. So I'll be like, I'll be talking to reporter people. I'll be, you know, uh -huh. it's okay. He said it too, so we'll see how it goes from here. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for listening to this podcast to the end. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. I hope that you have been inspired or motivated to get better in your careers, in your businesses, in your life. I hope this, you enjoyed it. If you did, please make sure you subscribe to the videos 
on my YouTube channel at PCTimi or just search for Founders Connect and you find the playlist and then subscribe to the channel. Also, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to it. Leave a rating also so more people can find it and also talk about the episode that you listen to. Hashtag Founders Connect across social media. Hey, I'll see you in the next episode. Peace out.